Hello, welcome to Minding Your Mind, all about your mind and how it works and mental illness and mental health. With me is Professor Ian Hickey, psychiatrist and co-director of the Brain and Mind Centre at the University of Sydney. So we recently talked about thinking errors we all make. Today we're talking about cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is when we hold two incompatible thoughts in our mind at the same time. For example, I love eating meat versus eating meat is cruel and bad for the planet. Or I believe believe in fairness and equality versus lots of people in the world don't have enough to eat and we just subscribe to our third streaming service. Or here's another example. My family must all be okay. Strong thought, a lot of people holding the head versus actually I can't control everything that happens to them. Or I must be a good person versus I did something bad. So that we're going to examine cognitive dissonance today, how it happens, what you do about it, and the sort of angst it can create. How would you, Ian, describe cognitive dissonance? So I think nicely, James, you just set up the issue about also why it matters. Often in this podcast, I, you, yeah. you not so much, but me, yeah. I tend to separate out thoughts from emotions, as if you can sort of hold thoughts and separate them from how you feel about things. Yeah. But of course, in truth, they're quite tightly linked. Mm. So as humans, we often have this thing, I definitely think one thing, you know, like, I like to eat meat, it's quite pleasurable. Yeah. But then again, I think it's terrible for the planet, I really should be vegetarian like all my children and whatever else. Mm. Now, each of those thoughts clearly is in conflict. Yes. But also, then I feel bad about the fact <laughs> that I cannot resolve it. I can't sit there with the two thoughts both being true. And yeah. so I feel bad about it. So the cognitive dissonance, the dissonance bit is the, the conflicting thoughts, which otherwise, theoretically, you can sit around and go, oh, well, I understand where both those things come from. You actually feel bad yeah. as a consequence of the whole thing. So it's, when it's you, unresolved in it's a way. It's unresolvable. So you can't well, it's easily. it's not unresolvable. <laughs> it's either you, you, you resolve it by saying, okay, I'm not going to eat meat, or you're going to say, or you say, the pleasure I get from meeting, eat, me, eating meat is greater than the angst I feel about it. Do you know what I mean? Like we do that all the time. We make decisions between two conflicting goods, or, or which is the least bad option. Right. So that's that's resolving. Yeah. But the cognitive dissonance, dissonance results from not being yeah, able not, to resolve it, not being able to resolve it. So the why best thing to do, not being able to resolve it, just not resolving it. Like we're able it remains to unresolved. Well, yeah. you could. So obviously in the example, the meat-eating example, you could decide to be vegetarian, yeah. except the next time the lamb chop goes by <laughs> and you walk past the meat store yeah, and steak's on the menu, yeah. you know you're going to do it. Yeah. You know, it's, so actually, you know, it's unrealistic to say for those who are really not going to be vegetarians, I'm mm. going to be a vegetarian, they still feel bad about it. Okay, yeah. So the desire and the pleasure out of eating meat is one thing. On the other hand, there really is this sort of serious idea about really should we move on about certain things. So it's you know it's not going to be resolved easily because you know behaviourally you're not going to simply move on in a particular way. Mm. Now, so for example, the other example you gave about, you know, you have a view about yourself. You know, I'm an ethical, good, values-driven person. Mm. But you know in certain situations you're not going to tell the truth exactly or – you're going to take advantage of something, or you're going to know from experience you're not going to behave as well <laughs> as yeah. you think you are in certain situations, which you may know about yourself. Yeah. And you feel very uncomfortable about that. It doesn't fit mm. with the way. That's not who I am. Not who I am. But it is who I am, yeah. you know, a rather more flawed mm. individual than mm. I would like to present myself as. 
So it's the it's the angst that arises, the tension that arises. So we often talk about change and moving on as if things are easily resolved, as if you can make choices. Yeah. Without emphasizing perhaps, which I think we do, it's quite hard work. But these unresolved thoughts, often there's, you know, there's reasons you have these particular conflicting ideas. Mm. And the moment you bring them into consciousness, like you actually recognise the two of them, you feel bad about it. There's a I, real tension goes with it. So the, you want to resolve it, but I'd suggest it's not that easily resolved. A, a couple of good examples are people having cake. I shouldn't. Or a couple having a glass of wine over dinner, do another glass. Oh, I shouldn't, but they do. You know, you, you kind of acknowledge that. I want to do it in the moment, but I know long-term it's not a good thing for me. I shouldn't be drinking three glasses of wine every night. But yeah, I want that's to. a kind of personal behaviour. And I think, there are, I think some of the other ones I think mm. you've alluded to, like one I think about is that we live in, a, live in a very privileged, wealthy world. Yes. And yet I travel a lot in the world, you know, uh, various parts of Asia and South America and other places in the world where people clearly do not live the same kind of lifestyle that we live. Mm. And then you're there, you know. How do you feel about it? How do you resolve the fact <laughs> that we spend money on luxury items and travel and mm. the sort of lifestyles that we kind of lead in particular ways? I heard a good one on the weekend. People who own homes, yeah, more than one, now feeling bad about housing affordability, for example. Should they be doing something with that other property? Because a lot of people can't afford. So they've done things for themselves and their family in a sort of, you know, mm. reasonable kind of way to create a kind of wealth in, in ways that have been encouraged by the taxation systems, the society we have, and for their own children and families. Yeah. But now they feel bad about the fact that that's contributing to locking a lot of other people out. Right. Not easily resolved. My point is it's not actually easily resolved. Well, it is. Well, you yes. just, well if you feel bad about it. Like, I mean, so, like, give you I example. think it is re yeah. Yeah. easily yep. resolved. You think, I feel bad about it. But ultimately, not bad enough about it to sell the house. So stuff them. I'm going to hang on, take care of my family, and you know that's just the way it is. Or you think I feel bad about it and it's wrong. I'm going to sell the house and buy some, I don't know, shares or whatever. You are a man buy. for moving on. Well, there we go. Yeah, I, I mean, in a sense, but but often these things are. You're alluding to an important point, which is much better to actually try and sort problems out. Yeah. Then sort of sit there endlessly stewing over the same thing, saying the same thing. Now, often people sort of try Well, because to your example is just upper middle class posturing. Like I own three pop three, – no, not you doing it, but the people you're talking about. I own three properties and I feel bad about it. Well, either sell them or stop being a hypocrite, I would say. <gasps> See, there's the big word. No, no, no. There's the big word. Now, this is a very important point you've thrown in there. Hypocrisy, right? Yeah. There's a sort of – and we've discussed this elsewhere, or I think we've gone back to discuss it – there's a public shame about a certain thing, pretending to be one thing, but you're really something else, really very upper-middle-class property owner. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. That's what you are. You yeah. <laughs> but in another world, you'd like to be seen to be different in a particular way because, you know, there's a public acceptability to not being that, mm. to being more, as in Australia, but more egalitarian, more sharing, more community-orientated. But there are choices in those areas. Now, so one of the things is, 
you know, the ways we don't want to be seen. But I think the more the cognitive dissonance is also in your own head. You know, ideas about yourself. I'm a generous person. I'm an engaged person. Mm. On the other hand, I'm actually accumulating my own wealth. <laughs> you know, I'm actually quite selfish yeah. in another way, meeting my own pleasures, meeting my own particular issues. And so I think the cognitive dissonance thing is a sort of in-your-own-head sort of stuff, you know, you don't want to feel that you're a hypocrite in your own head. You want a yeah. resolution, have a continuous idea about yourself <laughs> that actually has a consistency. Mm. But you're confronted with these inconsistencies. I do actually hold these two separate thoughts. Yeah. You know, you see often, I think, in charities and fundraising, you know, people attempt to do certain stuff. I feel bad about the kids in Africa. Or I feel bad about the, uh, those people who've been affected by the floods in northern New South Wales. So people sort of generously sort of, sort of give, you know, mm. they want to help. On the other hand, they're not really going to go as far as you're suggesting <laughs> in a more practical way yeah. because it's sort of inconsistent really yeah. with the way they live their life. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a, the streaming services one. Our family does subscribe to three streaming services. So that's what, 40, maybe 40 bucks a month. And we could give that money to charity or we could just have two and give one of them to charity, but we don't. So why don't we? Uh, we no, but don't. do you think about it? I mean, we're thinking, we're thinking about it theoretically now. Yeah. It's kind of interesting, but in a sense, the wider social thing, okay? We've all been driven off free-to-air television into various things. Yeah, yeah. Devices, streaming services, phones, smartphones, the cost of all those things. There's a wider social thing going on going, oh, yeah, okay, well, you know, that's kind of how it is. Yeah. But there are other areas where you do run into in your own head a more fundamental kind of conflict between – the way you want to be, yeah, <laughs> one yeah. idea you hold about yourself. So, so what? I mean, I think one is if when you have, particularly when you have kids, you think everything has to be all right with my kids, right? I have to be in control. I have to protect them, whatever. And then one day, maybe maybe not for everyone, but one day you realise actually you can't control everything. You know, if one gets sick, for example, I can't control that. I can't control, you know, if they're crossing the street and get hit by a car when, once they're walking to school. And so is that, there's that dissonance between everything has to be all right and that's not in my control. Right, so that, that example, and I think one or two of the others you raised, around sort of fearfulness, yeah. anxiety, what you can't control. I mean, that one I think is a good example. Mm. Yes, kids need to grow up to be independent. Kids need to learn to cross the road. Yeah. Kids need to actually go out and encounter strangers in the street. Kids need to learn various kind of things. And yet, intrinsically, you want to be protective. You want to hang out. Mm. You want to make sure they're safe. You want to accompany them. You want to check everything out, do everything for them. And I think that's a good example where the two ideas are perfectly reasonable ideas, but they don't go. They yeah, don't match. Yeah. You're going to have to let one actually trump the other uh, at yeah. some point yeah. in some way. You're going to have to deal with your own tension, your own anxiety about the situation in the interests of the other. But it's the whole area uh, we were discussing in a previous episode of cognitive biases, it's easier to hold a particular view, <laughs> even if it's wrong, you know, even mm. if it's particular. Then this one is actually sort of confronting our own intrinsic paradoxes, our own intrinsic kind of conflicting ideas, which we tend to flip between and justify. So, so normally people just flip between the two right, and have one idea in consciousness, mm. feel okay about it, okay, I'm going to let my kids go down the street and learn how to do it, you know? Yeah. And other times they go, think, okay, I'm going to protect my kids, make yeah. sure they cross the road, hold them. <laughs> I've got to the age where my kids hold my arm as I cross the street now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've told them we've reached a flip over, you know, that sort of change, you know, but it's very hard to hold both ideas at the same time. Yeah, it really so, creates a problem. So, so let's get on to the effects of cognitive dissonance. We've talked about some of the ways it can 
manifest and and if you're listening you might think of your own way in which you hold two incompatible ideas in your head at the same time what are the effects of it on your mental health well this is the in a sense where we started it's the emotional response to that it doesn't feel good you do feel either fear or guilt or shame or reproach in some way or other you know actually and it's the good thing about humans Sometimes we have to think about it. We have to face the reality mm. of certain situations. I mean, you've come from the criminal law courts, James. Mm. Sometimes people did do stuff. <laughs> right? well, yeah. And it's very inconsistent with their own view of themselves. Mm. They've been fraudulent. They've lied. They've done some offence in, in some particular set of circumstances. You know, they have to come to terms with it at a particular way, that they're not who they would wish to be. So there's a whole lot of the emotional response to the situation. Now, you started off by saying it's easy to resolve. I was going with a lot of it isn't easy to yeah. resolve because yeah. it's kind of all us. It's all sort of part of us. So just pretending it isn't there doesn't really help right? because it creates this state of tension, creates a state of distress mm. in a particular way. So trying to think through, okay, what are reasonable strategies? You know, how is it reasonable to move on? Mm to resolve in some way or other these apparently contradictory ideas that you hold about yourself Hmm. or you hold about the world. Which means, of course, comes back to our favourite topic, challenging your own thoughts. Yes. The example you gave, you challenged your own thoughts and acted. I'll sell that house. I'll rent that house out. I won't be a hypocrite. Yeah. Well, hypothetically, Um, I did. Hypothetically, Hypothetically, yes, yes. (laughs) When it got to the next level, you know, when you're going into the particular thing, should I really be keeping those things for my own kids? Should Mm. I really be, you know, trying to whatever? My own financial future is not quite that secure. Should I really? The world's a very insecure place. You know, then again, there's a whole lot of people who are so much worse off than me. It it isn't easy to sort out those ways. So – what a lot of people do then is procrastinate. Yes. Bad idea. Bad idea. Just go round and round and round the same circle, flipping between one and the other and just feeling bad. We should do a whole episode on procrastination. Yeah. So one of the, one of the sources of procrastination is really this cognitive dissonance, being unable to resolve mm. two sides, right. classic two-faced kind of thing. Uh, here's, a, here's an example. I just got offered a wonderful job with a company – who ethically I'm not really into. So the job would be fascinating, really interesting, you know, a promotion, lots of money, but I'm selling gambling or I'm selling alcohol or I'm doing something I don't feel comfortable with. That that would be a, a common That's a great one. example, yeah. Working for I mean, a cigarette company, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the medical research industries I'm in, this arises all the time. Mm. We decided some 50 years ago tobacco companies really were bad guys. Mm. <laughs> right? but there's a whole lot of other commercial interests in food, in alcohol, in gambling and other areas where there's all sorts of other vehicles and discussions, where's the line? You know, now some people, very black and white. They don't take money from anyone except the government yeah, or something, which is an interesting thing to think the government's straightforward and never yeah, <laughs> a problem. That's right. I'm not so sure about that one myself. Or others take a view, and I must say I take a general view of engagement with industry within certain boundaries, mm. you know, but they've made up those boundaries, but need to resolve it. And mm. then that, more importantly, in your own head, to have a clear rationale about that, about, okay, how do you see it? Yeah. So an example you gave, you know, there may be certain areas of gambling and certain kind of things where you decide, look, it's attractive, but no, it really is a no-go area for me. Or you might think, look, it would be a no-go area, but it's going to pay me, you know, $30,000 more than the next job. And I really want my kids to go to this school right. so they have opportunities okay. or something. Yes. Yeah. So you might decide. 
I'll fall on my sword for them. But then the issue is to say, okay, I've done that's it. why I'm doing it. No, no, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Right? And then when other people criticise you and whatever else, to be comfortable with your own decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Why do you do that? I you know? Do because of this. You know, I do it and whatever else. And guess what? You know, you know just to go further, because this is a, then a rationalisation, right? It's a cognitive process. Yeah. Okay, I do that because you know what? Gambling, you know, other alcohol, whatever else, they're legal in our society, right? These are legal, legitimate, particular things. As a society, we have them all. And I'm happy to accept that. Actually, I do. Others, others, no. You know, you get this about eating meat, right? You come back to your earth thing. Mm. A large proportion of the population eats meat. Mm. Similar proportion increasing doesn't. Yeah. Okay, but within our society, that ex- that spectrum of behaviour is totally acceptable. It's okay to make up your own mind as to where you lie. Mm. Mm. As long as you can sit with it comfortably. Yeah, yeah. And then put the other thing aside and say, well, you know, that's the wide spectrum of human beliefs, etc. I um we I did a radio story years ago and I wanted to get on someone who worked for a cigarette company and just ask them why they did it and what I was imagining in my head is that the story would be someone kind of on air wrestling with yeah I know it's really but actually they just gave me some you know marketing slick guy who came out with all the it's a legal product and da 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 it's a matter for the market and all that sort of stuff so I really got nowhere yeah so mm. if a good example if he genuinely believes that yeah okay fine and I guess. Within our sort of liberal society, if you like, he's perfectly comfortable with it. Mm. <laughs> From the cognitive, he hasn't got cognitive dissonance. Yeah, he's actually perfectly happy. Good job well, for him. Publicly, who knows what's going on inside? No, but this head. is the point. We only care in this episode on what goes on in your own head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he might we're not getting into the public shaming, the public yeah. debate, whether he'll be taken out and flogged in a future generation, you know, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. If in his own head, he's perfectly comfortable with it, then that's not cognitive dissonance. No. He's telling you the truth. So amazing yeah. as it might be to you. Yeah. So you <laughs> might question you, his ethics. Yes. But in but his, in his own, own head, in his own mental, from his own mental health point of view, he's not distressed. Don't you reckon that in America the Republicans in particular who are running gerrymanders, you know, in particular states and actively kind of, you know, uh, encouraging or promoting or keeping on gerrymanders so that um, – uh, Republicans' votes end up being more than Democratic votes, and also those states running campaigns to disenfranchise voters by making it harder to vote. They must have a hell of a lot of cognitive dissonance going on between I believe in democracy and I'm doing all this stuff to make things less democratic. Interesting you should say so. When I was last in the United States, um, I had this argument with some people I thought it was an argument, but I wasn't winning, with some people who voted Republican. I said, look, I don't really get it. Yeah. Like this is in the Trump years. I don't really get it Mm. before Biden was elected. And I said, look, you know, given all the things that have happened, given what's going on, and you say, you know, the world's, you know, beacon of democracy, I'm on fair income. Like, what is it? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And they went, look, Ian, you just don't understand. Like, we do better when Republicans win. We do better economically. That's better for us. Right. And these are just all the mechanisms of politics played out in particular kinds of ways. They were not feeling bad about it at all. They just said that's how politics is run. It's a rough-and-tumble game. You manipulate the situation in one way or the another. The end justifies the means. The end justifies the means. Mm-hmm. So here was I thinking they'd feel bad. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't feel bad at all. They there, was no, there was no dissonance about it. Okay. I was similarly uh, involved in, uh, in the United States, defence – funds a lot of medical research, a lot of medical research, Mm. big money. 
So I was, uh, you know, talking to another friend who actually very famous medical researcher working in the defence who's high And I said, look, I, you know, <laughs> what's going to happen? He said, oh, I'm going to vote Republican. I said, why? You couldn't possibly. Because, well, the Republicans fund defence. Defence yep. funds my medical research thing. The things I'm involved in will go ahead. Humans will be better off as a consequence of electing Republicans. No, that's interesting. Right? No cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Totally logical, rational. And he did not feel bad about it. Mm. So, you know, I think you're right. You can say, what's the ethics? What's the values? And you can argue about that. But those people themselves aren't feeling bad. Now, if you go in there, if I go in there, we'd, like, we'd hang on bad. a second, hang on a second, yeah. I'm feeling bad. Yeah. But, but they, are, they are kind of, you know, that's not denial and that's not twisting logic. I mean, the, the, the logical thought processes you gave for both, whether they're right or wrong, whether their assumptions are right or wrong, they make sense, don't they? So they're rational, and what I'm saying is their emotionality is consistent with their thoughts. Yeah, yeah. They're right. not feeling bad. You can change their value. I mean, we've had a lot of discussions, and for those who lived and worked in the United States, one of the interesting things is a much higher value on individual autonomy and a much lower value on social connection or social responsibility. It's a fundamental cultural kind of thing. Mm. You have a responsibility to take care of yourself. You have a responsibility to take care of your family. <laughs> and in most situations, you only have a limited responsibility for anybody else. Yeah. So it's a different value set. Right? So they're not feeling bad about it. Mm. In our kind of society, in our society, Australian society, classically, we do put certain issues around egalitarianism and community values and acting together. These are important social values, and most of us have to some degree, you know, that built in mm. in a particular way. So it plays itself out when you have these sort of conflicts. But it is interesting. They don't have cognitive dissonance. You can argue the point. I've, I've, I've yeah. tried arguing the gun oh, control one in the United States. Yeah, right. Right? Thousands of people, you could, how could you possibly, you know, mm. someone shows you their gun collection in the back closet. You're kind of like, mm. what can happen, on? you know? Yeah. And it, you just arrive at a different point of view. There's, those people, so the assumption they're feeling bad, wrong assumption. Wrong assumption. Because so, they've got a justification, they've got emotion that's okay. consistent with it, they don't have cognitive dissonance. But, but for those who are experiencing cognitive dissonance, whether it be over meat or property or state of the world and their role in it, how bad can it get? I mean, how is it something, a little thing at the back of your mind is some, or, or can it really create some, you know, mental health issues? So most people, well, the healthy thing to do is right where you started, is the moment you're aware of it. Do something. Do something. Resolve it. Do not it. procrastinate. Do not flip backwards. Don't sit there with a the coin, heads, yeah. I'm eating meat, tails, I'm a vegetarian. Either eat meat. Either rationalise it, yeah. you know. Or, or come to a compromise in my world. Well, well let's go back one yep. step then. How do you actually become aware of it? Because I think a lot of these things, people think, oh, I do have a bit of that, but I never actually really thought about it consciously before now. So most people, I think, keep one major idea in consciousness about this themselves. Right. Well, well, the one that usually that arises here. Yeah, look, I don't, you know, I'm a good, ethical, decent sort of person. Yeah. Till I did that thing I really shouldn't have done. <laughs> so, but that was just a one-off. So we operate you know, day to day. We operate with one dominant idea. What you're yeah. raising is we unfortunately for, in life run into situations where the one dominant idea runs into the clearly indicated by our behaviour mm. or a social situation. There's a different thing going on. Yeah, might be brought to consciousness by different kind of sets of external circumstances, and then it's suddenly right in front of your eyes. And unless you're into denial, see a previous episode, you know, you can't really pretend the other one doesn't exist. Mm. You're going to have to. So it's sitting there. Can't normally be suppressed. Turn one over and just, you know. And then 
the productive thing to do is, resolve me- it. is, is move but, to some degree of resolution. But just the red flags that you might be having cognitive dissonance might be times when you think, I shouldn't be doing that. Or, you know, you put on Netflix and you feel a bit guilty. Or you... Uh, I, for yeah, me, every time you do it, that's right. Every time you get a – I can't even work my TV anymore. <laughs> Those yeah, apps, yeah, things, yeah. I can't – I have to throw it to the kids. Could I you know. find the ABC for me? Yeah. <laughs> I've lost it. But every time, if you do that every time and you th- feel bad about it. Yeah. I, I remember thinking uh, years ago, and this was a, a turning point in my parenting life, everything has to be all right. If something goes wrong, what if something horrible happened to one of the kids – that would be it. Life would be over. And then and then at some point I realised, actually, that's not right. You know, um, and it's not my fault if something bad happens, unless it is my fault, but it's probably not my fault. So I've just got to accept that I can just do as good a job as I can. And if fate intervenes and something bad happens, that's just something that will happen. And that was a real – that was great for me because I realised it's not – you know, I can let go a bit. Do you know what I mean? Yes, that and it goes to another. My favourite cognitive strategy, as we've discussed many times, I think, is what if. What if? This is a very good example. If you think you're going to get through the whole parenting, and I personally, as I've confessed on many times, have six children. Yeah. Right. If I think I'm going to bring up six children, never visit a hospital emergency department. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's very unlikely. <laughs> you know, it's just not likely. Yeah. Kids fall off things. Kids happen. You know, in the world, in various kind of ways. So, you know, if you're going, oh, what if? Okay, well, what if? Well, if what happens is actually I've got a fairly good idea about the medical system. I've got a fairly good idea about what happens. It's fairly likely my kids will get sick. It's fairly likely things will get injured. What would I do? Mm. How would I respond? What mm. would be the most productive thing that I could do? Would it be very distressing? It is. It has been <laughs> very distressing. But yeah. I would most likely do certain things. The other side of the coin, you know, a consequence, kids have to get out in the world in various ways. Mm. My kids might say my parenting's rather neglectful, but even anything said that, you know, so the actually engaging in a cognitive strategy to cope with the distress to resolve it. And I think it's a very important one, the parenting one you raised. And in other yeah. areas, thinking through, so the another sort of thinking fault is a catastrophizing in that. Mm. If anything happened to my kids, I couldn't cope, they'd be terrible, end, end of my world. Yeah. Not, not really. You know, in various so having cognitive strategies, like recognizing the errors. The, the, going back to the one about procrastinating, which I sort of raised earlier. One of the really problems with cognitive dissonance: people try to actually resolve it by thinking around in circles. So they go from one side to the other and back again and back again. <laughs> you know? Right. Very bad, which increases the distress. You mean like, I really like meat and, oh, but it's really, I just read something else about how bad it is. For Every bad. time the meal comes out, we have yeah, an argument yeah. about are you vegetarian yeah. or not? Or do you yeah. deny it or not? Or how do you feel about the world planet and you've just contributed to climate change yeah. and, you know, I'm really going to change next. When they bring out, I read this morning, when we bring out factory-produced milk that doesn't involve cows, you know, then I'll change and, you know, mm. <gasps> Every day, you know, your mental life being full of it. So rather than resolving the issue and moving on or, or reaching a point that you can live with, mm. that makes sense to you, mm. getting yeah. stuck, the yeah. getting stuck bit. So cognitive dissonance hurts when you're stuck. <laughs> right. So get unstuck. Just Get unstuck or accepting. Just about, I mean, one of the things, one of the ones I also like is accepting that we are flawed. Now, I don't want to go back, you know, having been brought up in the Catholic tradition of original sin, <laughs> I don't want to go back to being really bad all the time. We're just hopelessly flawed. But the idea that we are flawed, we make mistakes. We don't always do what we would say we would do yeah. and whatever else for all sorts of reasons. Some acceptance of that. 
the acceptance you were alluding to as a parent that you can't control everything. Yeah. You know, the acceptance in a relationship, you're not always perfect. You know, some degree of actually, okay. <laughs> and, it is and not it can black and white. To... It's not black and white. It's not easy. And it can lead to positive change, kind of like if you think, okay, I have some cognitive dissonance between I have this view of myself as a good person and I did something bad, whatever it is. Then you think, how do I resolve that? dissonance, well, don't do things bad again. Well, but it's not that simple. What do I need to change? You know, why did I do something bad? What were the triggers for it? How can I remove that? How can I work on myself? So it can be a motivation to improve ourselves, can't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, in a sense, when you do things you regret, you wish you hadn't done. What was it? It's usually in, mostly not, we're going to put put aside the psychopathic here. Okay? Yeah. We're going to put aside the well organised, you know, criminal or bad thing yeah. planned to the impulsive. You did things in certain circumstances to an understanding of how come you did that. How, how come you easily lost your temper in that situation? How come you reacted mm. so badly to that? How come? What is it about you in that situation that led to you behaving in a way that you regret? Yeah, you know, it would be a more useful way. to Yeah, go that's forward. right. A good way to resolve uh, the dissonance. Oh, that was interesting. I think we covered it, don't you? I think we covered the territory. Fantastic. If you've got any questions or comments or would like to suggest further topics for us to discuss, do send us an email at mindingyourmind2. It's mindingyourmindnumeral2 at gmail.com. And Minding Your Mind is supported by Future Generation Global and the generous philanthropic donations from families who support ongoing research into youth mental health. Further help's available from Headspace, Beyond Blue, Head to Health and Lifeline. Google them. We can call Lifeline on 13 11 14.